All right, welcome back, folks. This is your host, Detective Eric Levine. I am the Director of Communications for the National Real-Time Crime Center Association. And today, for our March podcast, we're going to be talking about um, real-time crime centers being used by officers proactively versus reactively, and kind of go down the rabbit hole of all the different ways that you're your real-time crime center can be utilized. So if you're a department that's out there and you already have a real-time crime center, um, maybe you can hear some of the stuff that I say and pick up some ideas. Um, you're like, oh, I didn't think to use my real-time crime center in that fashion. Um, maybe you're just establishing your real-time crime center and you're like, oh, so that that's what we can do with this thing. These are all the possibilities. Or maybe you're, you're thinking of getting one started. And um, that's another thing that you can... Uh, you know, tell your chief like, Hey, this is, you know, these real time crime centers, they're, they're a thing now. Everybody's getting those, um, you know, chiefs don't want to be the last one. And, uh, you can give them some of these ideas to help justify getting the ball rolling to get them started. Um, and you're going to hear us preach quite a bit. It doesn't take much folks. All you really need is a radio and a computer. Um, I don't know any department that doesn't use a computer these days. So just grab your MDC and a radio and you can get started. Uh, and you can actually do some of the things that I'm ta- I'll am i be talking about today. So uh, these podcasts for the National Real-Time Crime Center Association, they're, they're 15 minutes, 20 minutes. We just try to get you a little bit of information, something quick, short. that doesn't take a whole lot of time, but um, hopefully very impactful and uh, full of stuff that you can pass on and use or um, – pass on to other agencies even so that, that the, the networking is really what we're all about. So um, I'm going to get going. Um, the first thing I want to hit on. Um, so how are your RTCCs being used by your officers? Okay. Proactively and reactively. Now, most agencies that we have talked to that I have talked to personally, they're very reactive. So for your patrol agencies out there, for your patrol guys that are out in the field, reactively, a traffic accident happens. So they call, um, they get to the scene, um, they're setting up, you know, blocking off for cars and doing things of that nature. Maybe somebody's injured, maybe somebody's significantly injured um, to the point where, you know, maybe some criminal charges or something like that um, could be filed. So that's definitely a time to get your real-time crime center involved. So you can get any city cameras you have, maybe LPR cameras, um, license plate reader cameras for those that don't know the lingo yet. Um I'm going to try to make sure I explain any acronym that I use because everybody knows in the police world, we use quite a bit of acronyms. So uh, if I don't, just if you hear one of these podcasts or whatever, just email me, let me know um, and or or hit up any of the other board members for the National Real-Time Crime Center Association. Um, but let's say you're setting up and you're, you're, you're asking, you're going to get on the, you're going to get on the horn and ask your real time crime center. Hey, between such and such time, you know, 1 PM in the afternoon, um, you know, I had a red truck and a white car, a red truck T-bone, the white car, but the red truck fled. That's all the information we have. My victims, they're, they're unconscious or they're in the hospital. I don't have the ability to find out more information at this time, but can you backtrack? So that's, that's a reactive. You know, we didn't, it's kind of actually that gray area. It's not necessarily fully reactive because you're actively uh, investigating that crime as you're going and you never know, you may be able to go find that red truck 
while you're you're doing that initial investigation. Um, and there is a grace period for police officers while they're, you know, an arrest could still be made um, as long as they find the person relatively quickly. I think it's like a two hour window, give or take. But um, so that that's a good way to 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 reactively start investigating um, other stuff. Burglaries, you know, you get a burglary of a convenience store, let's say, and, you know, your officers show up and as they're going out there, this is kind of that mix of being reactive and proactive. Obviously, we'll say the crime has already occurred. So we're reacting to that. But proactively for a safety standpoint, this is where you start thinking outside the box is you call your real time crime center and you say, hey, um, officer such and such, I'm responding to that burglary over at this corner. Can you guys check any city cameras and see, make sure the scene appears safe from the outside. So, you know, if there's a car on scene or something like that, that's information you're going to want to pass on to your officers as they're arriving. Um, Hey, there's a white car parked in the driveway and it looks like somebody's in the driver's seat, but the passenger door's open. Well, to me as an officer hearing that as I'm going out, that's going to indicate to me that maybe my actors are still on scene or maybe the business owner's there and he's trying to figure out what the hell, why his alarm went off. So um, other things they could be doing, getting your business owner for you, call ahead. Hey, RTCC, can you, can you check out and find out who the business owner is for me um, while I'm headed out there? So again, reactive, but still kind of proactive. It's, it's trying to figure out ways to use, utilize this, um, that is going to be super efficient, um, not only at the at the beginning part of a an investigation or a crime in progress or any of that, but also on the back end for the detectives. When the detectives start getting this information, they're going to know that you had already found the business owner's you know uh, information um, and that you were looking at the cameras for them because they're going to have to look at the cameras later on too. Um, assuming you have coverage there, uh, and they're going to want to know just exactly what you found at that time. You're going to save them time so they don't have to go through and, and look at the same stuff. You know, um, if your officers are 10 minutes out from the call and your RTCC guys are really on top of it, they can backtrack. You know, they'll watch 15 minutes worth of video before you got there and see just how long your suspects were there. Maybe a lightning strike, maybe an animal set it off. Maybe you can save a lot of time. Maybe they, you know, some kids went by and threw a rock through the window. Um, I, big or small agency. I'm sure that happens everywhere. Uh, in my experience anyway. Um, okay. So that's uh, we got, we got working accidents, burglaries. Um, another one, stolen vehicles, uh, a vehicle gets stolen. We call our real-time crime center. Now, it just depends on how your setup is, but a lot of real-time crime centers, they are the they are the, the conduit for putting license plates into LPR systems. So let's say you've got Flock, you've got Insight. Um, those are the only two companies I really know off the top of my head, but you got one of those guys and you want to enter in your, your you know, you just showed up to a to a home, a residential home. And the lady's telling you, you know, this is my license plate. This is my car. It was here 10 minutes ago. I left it running in the driveway to heat up and uh, it's gone. So you're calling your real-time crime center. I need you to put this license plate in the hot list for my license plate reader cameras right now. That's reactive, right? You're, that's a reactive way of trying to find a stolen vehicle. However, if you get it that quick and you get it to now, maybe that car 
hits one of those LPRs, you know, 20 minutes down the road. And while you're sitting there investigating this stolen car and getting all the details, the LPR goes off, your hot list goes off and you can have more officers respond. So that's where you get into that reactive, but it gets into proactive at the same time. Um, I, I, I personally, in my experience as an officer would love for people to start really utilizing your real-time crime centers proactively if you can. Now, I understand having the manpower is a big deal, um, but there are ways that you can be proactive. And these are, these are those ways. So these are some of the ways you can be proactive with it. So like I said, if you're setting up a real-time crime center and you're not exactly sure like how you're going to utilize it yet, you know, you got LPRs and, and that's really the most popular one because it's the fun one and it's the easiest. You just kind of set it and forget it. And when it, crosses your license plate readers, you know, you send the troops out and you know, it's like pond hockey for, for kids. They just see the puck and everybody swarms. So it, it's one of the fun aspects of it. It's, it's one of the reasons I first got into this and, um, but that rabbit hole goes so much deeper. So I'm trying to give you guys different ways to look at it and see just how deep the rabbit hole goes on these things. So, um, I'm going to move over to, uh, let's go proactively for our patrol officers, patrol officers, um, adjusting city cameras for public problem. Yeah. Public problem areas. I, I always like to emphasize public too. Um, one of the things that we need to be careful with, uh, when talking about real time crime centers and stuff like that is not violating people's rights, whether it's intentional or unintentional, um, having our camera system set up in public areas, or if they are going to be in private areas that we've got, our warrants and all that stuff set up. So these are things to consider. Um, but what do I mean by problem areas in the city? Um, let's say you have a, a corner that's got a lot of accidents and you're trying to figure out a way what's causing them. Maybe it's the timing of the lights or something like that. Um, and us cops don't necessarily have access to the light timing or we don't get to see it. Like we have to we have to be able to explain it to somebody that can fix it. So we set our cameras up at this intersection. That's a public area. Anybody can video there. So set your camera up there and then you start watching the traffic and, and developing um, trends. See like, all right, here's our heavy flow, light flow. And you know, you find out the way the cameras are. Oh, the sun is coming in. I, I mentioned this because it specifically happened to us. The sun's coming in at, you know, just around four or five o'clock in the afternoon and it's going right straight into people's faces and they can't necessarily see the traffic light. So, um, and you're seeing that that's causing a lot of accidents. Well, now you, you've just used your camera proactively to help solve a problem that keeps citizens safer. And it's another justification to tell your citizens, like, look, we ain't out here just running everybody's license plates or whatever. We're not big brother in you. We're actually trying to keep everybody safe. And here's the proof. Um, we, we just discovered this issue and we're working on, uh, methods to fix that. So um, other problem areas, uh, open air drug trade stuff. Um, so you got, uh, your, one of the specific things that I have personally dealt with is your corner store where you got people just loitering around, um, and they're making drug deals right there in the parking lots, you know, a, a place that anybody could come up and film at. Again, it's a public area. It's right next to the you know public roadway. And you're, you're like, you know what? We can't get patrol cars in the area. Why? Because they see them and then all the activity stops and they can, we can't do nothing about it. 
And you can't get undercover cars real close necessarily because they stand out like a sore thumb. So another way to think outside the box is have those cameras be able to see the vehicles coming and going and their habits. We know, you know, officers listening, you know, if a car stops there at the convenience store for five, 10 minutes and leaves, well, that's normal business. But if that car stops there for 45, 50 minutes, an hour, and you know, they, they went inside empty handed, but they come outside with a duffel bag. Well, that's kind of suspicious. And, and these are the types of areas we're talking about. So now you got your camera set up there. You're being proactive. You can radio to your undercover units that are parked well away. Tell them the car to look for with a license plate and a description of your person. And instead of making the stop right there and kind of doing, you know, like being in a, a caged animal, so to speak. And I don't mean to call any suspects or anybody. I'm not calling people animals. I'm giving an example of if you pull them over in an area they're very familiar with, we're increasing the chances of bad things happening. However, if we let that car leave and get out of its area that it's not, it's not as well known to them. And then we make a traffic stop. They might not suspect that it's related to the drug deal uh, with the, the, the activity we know to be drug related. And now we're pulling them over in an area that we're comfortable with, that we're controlling and everything tends to be a lot safer. Now, I'm not just saying this in theory. I've actually done it. Um, I've proven this to to my department anyway, where we actually set up a, a one month operation for a very violent area, and this is how we handle it. The old school way would be just saturate the area with a bunch of patrol cars and stop everything that moves after a certain time, and you end up alienating your community. You end up alienating, you know. It, you run a higher risk for um, safety issues for both the officer, the the suspects, um, and the citizens. People are like, what about suspects? Why do you care about? I want everybody to be safe. That is how everything works out better for our, for us, for the real time crime center, for um, the officers involved, and for the citizens. So the, the the safer everybody is. This is yet another argument that's proactive as well um, as reactive. So. Because you might not see it. You might miss it. If you can't be at the camera the whole time, maybe it's something that happens a little bit later, but you can go back. You had everything set up. Again, proactive, reactive in, in, in patrol. Um, and that can go down into your investigative unit. So that's the next part that I wanted to get into is the investigative side of things. Um, me, um, I do property crimes, and then I'm, I have a homicide unit and stuff like that. Um, they will also benefit from having the real-time crime center as they start to investigate things if you have city cameras set up. So get your detectives used to and understanding how to utilize real-time crime center. And the more they understand how to do the job of a real-time crime center person, whether it's a a civilian or um, a sworn officer, like just retrieving video. That training alone would be huge for detectives, knowing how to go pull the video from these from these uh, control panels and stuff like that or user interfaces. So these are things to consider um, when you get these set up. Make sure your detectives understand how to access it, how to get the video, um, because the more self-sufficient your detectives can be, the more time your real-time crime center people will have to do their job. Because if they get pulled away to go pull video for you, now they're now they're missing their main mission, which is to support typically patrol officers. So things to consider. Um, and then finally, um, I'm, I'm running right about 15, 16 minutes right now. So um, 
another great thing proactively uh, is going to be your, your special events. So you can get mobile cameras, you can get, um, you know, uh, you can set aside a real time crime center employee and say, Hey, we got this special event going on, whether it's a festival, state fair, sporting event, concert. Um, more recently, some of our board members did a Super Bowl, So you get them on there and now you can pre game plan. You get your stuff set up, you know, where all your cameras are pointed, you know, where all your units are going to be. And while the event's going on, you can monitor. Um, and then prior and after, like when they're taking down all the equipment, things of that nature, you can make sure that equipment um, stays a little safer. Uh, obviously, it's always good to have personnel there, but it, having the cameras be a little few, uh, you know, that force multiplier, getting more eyes in the sky to to watch over people's property. And um, yeah, that that is it in a nutshell for ways to consider being proactive and reactive with your real time crime center. It's more than just getting, you know, some basic information to your patrol officers. That's important. It's great to have, but I want, I want to, we're in our infancy when it comes to real time crime centers. I want to reach its full potential and show all the different ways that this can be used. Um, and it goes even deeper guys. I promise. I, I just scratched the surface on the way I utilize it personally. So um, the national real time crime center association, um, we are fully, fully rocking and rolling. Now um, we are currently, I'm going to pop something up on the screen here. Um, we are with over a hundred agencies currently, um, over 450 members, um, that number's going up very quickly. Uh, and we're kind of in that snowball effect now. Um, I got this up on the screen. You can check us out at nrtcca.org. Um, we've got training opportunities. We have a resource center. Um, we do the best practices. Um, so if you are starting from scratch, you can at least reach out to us and we will not only point you in the right direction, but we will tell you what we've been gathering over this time of what all these different, these over hundred agencies are doing. So um, you don't have to start from scratch. Uh, don't reinvent the wheel. If you don't have to, we're going to give you a bunch of tools, a bunch of information. And from that, you can decide what works best for your agency. So you're like, Oh my God, how, you know, how expensive is all this stuff? I know, I know that's what you're thinking. Um, it's not expensive at all. It's 25 bucks a year, um, for a membership. And right now I'm going to pop up on the screen, a QR code. If you want to go directly to our site and try to get, try to become a member, um, the QR codes on the screen right now, again, 25 bucks a year, uh, in the police world, 25 bucks a year is a steal, especially if you get your department to fit the bill. Um, I'm currently paying out of pocket just because I'm so into this stuff. So um, with that said, guys, uh, I'm going to get off here and I hope you enjoyed this episode and reach out to us. If you got more ideas, more questions, anything like that, ideas for episodes, I especially implore our members, members, Reach out to me if you have a quick podcast thing that you want to talk, brag about your real-time crime center, something that y'all did that you're really proud of, um, a way that you're utilizing your real-time crime center that you don't think a lot of people are uh, understand or know yet. Let's have a talk. Let's just get on here and do it. Shoot. If you're too camera shy and you don't want to do it that way, send all the information to me. I'll do a little solo just like I did here and we'll get it out there. So um, I appreciate your time, guys, and have a good day.